0: memory, passion, alone, mourn, guilt,
1: loneliness, regret, peace, relationships, unfamiliar, if you put God first, you'll never be last. This is Grief at the Cookout, hosted by DiCarlo Raspberry. Hello, family. Welcome to Grief at the Cookout. Today, I am joined by another mother of mine, whom I call family Rhonda Duff Baptiste Rhonda is a mother educator, counselor certified safe conversations leader and owner of Unbroken Interactions LLC she is the mother of my best friend and she believes that love, laughter and kindness build bridges and elevates the soul. Tune in As we discuss the grief that she has encountered in education and counseling and how she has been able to navigate through it all. Hey, (laughs) Ma! Hi, son! How are you? I have another mother on the podcast. Yep, yep. That's my son. The easy way. (laughs) Welcome to Grief at the Cookout. I am so glad to have you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, DiCarlo. Of course, I would do
0: anything that you ask me to. You know that, so I'm glad to be here, and I'm I'm really proud of you.
1: Million dollars, man. (laughs) When I get it. When I get it. When I get it. So, everyone, you know how we do in real. True fashion here at Grief at the Cookout. We always ask our guests, "What is your favorite cookout food?" My favorite cookout food is potato salad. Ooh.
0: So, so but here's the thing. I don't like everybody's potato salad. You know, and I didn't realize that potato salad was such such a big thing in our in our community, you know, mm-hmm. but I make my potato salad a certain way. People generally like my potato salad and ask for it.
1: I love it. But Thank you. Yes, you I do. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, has, it, yes. has, it has it has it has peas in it. Yes, and it has peas and carrots. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, uh huh. Because mom here, she's Guyanese. Yes. So uh-huh. it's she's from New York too, and Brooklyn, so Brooklyn, at BK. And, and uh-huh. I'm telling y'all, this food is so good. I I remember her saying, I said. Hmm, The potato salad has carrots and peas. I don't think I want it. (laughs) (laughs) But it is so good. All the food is so good. Yeah, it really is. Yes, it really is. Speaking of cookouts, I got to get up there for Thanksgiving. Yes,
0: yes, because mommy is always very upset when DeCarlo doesn't come to New York for Thanksgiving. Right. Because he he completes the family.
1: Yeah, and AG is still asking for that lasagna and and get around to it.
0: Yeah, so that was his job. One of the Thanksgivings, he made a lasagna, and it was killer. It was really, really good. That was that was some lasagna. Ooh,
1: they had me slaving. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it, though. It was, it was worth, worth it. it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's what we do, folks. We, that's how we start. We start off on a great high note. Yes. And we got to laugh. I, I love it. So, yeah. Mom. Yes. You are an educator. Yes, sir. Uh, when I met you over 10 years ago, and by the way, guys, this is my best friend's mom. So, uh-huh. boom. Uh, <laughs> when I met you, you were uh, you were a teacher. Now, yes. remind me, what grade did you teach?
0: Okay, when... I remember when you and Kalia came to the school that time. Uh-huh. I was teaching fifth grade, fifth grade. at that time. Fifth and fifth. then I shifted over... I taught fifth grade, I think, for five years at... Uh, at the school where I was mm-hmm. and then I taught second grade for another um for another 2 years. Mm-hmm. Right? I had taught previously at two different schools before that, but the school where I last was when you and Kalia came. Right. That was um where that was my home. Yeah, it was my home. Yeah, so I taught those two grades at that school. Um, second grade it was the gifted class and they I had a series of remarkably gifted children.
1: Yeah. So we have an educator and now she is a counselor. Yes. So tell us briefly about your process from switching over to, because I'm interested in this and I'm pretty sure someone else is. Yes. Of switching over still in the education field, Mm -hmm. but in a different arm. So what was your process from being, going from teacher to counselor?
0: Okay. So it, it started this way. Actually, I had, I wanted to teach for some time. But because my mom was a teacher in Guyana, one of my sisters, um, Allison, was a teacher up until June. She retired. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my other sister, Rose, she's an engineer. However, I never really wanted to dedicate the time that it needed. I I like being in school, but I don't like, you know, like the extra process after you want me to write how many pages paper? What do you want me to do? (laughs) So I never (laughs) did. I never really wanted to do that. But after um, I was. Uh working I can't say the name of the place, can I? Anyway, I was I was doing tech support. I was Uh doing tech support and I was supervising and I was a consult you know, I was a consultant. And then that came to an end shortly after I had Adina. I had never not worked. I always had some sort of job since I was fourteen. Um you know, part-time, not making a whole bunch of money, but a little something for myself. So by the time I got laid off I was actually making a pretty decent salary and Decided to just stay home with Adina for a little bit. And then I decided it was time to go back to school because I had gone to the unemployment office and asked them, like, could you check my resume? Because I'm applying for all of these things and nothing's happening. And the woman told me, she said, well, why didn't you finish school? And I'm like, I have an associate's. She said, no, no, no. She said, look at all of this experience you have and your education doesn't match. She said, that's probably why nobody's calling you. And I said, "Okay," Um, And then I made the decision to go back to school for teaching. Mm -hmm. I knew at the time that I wanted to, I either wanted to go into counseling or psychology, but wasn't really sure. But I knew that I needed to teach before I did that, Mm -hmm. because I needed to understand exactly what was expected of students in the classroom and what teachers actually go through, because counselors are there to support students and teachers. You know, we're there to support the whole, you know, the whole school building, so to speak. So I knew that's what I needed. so I got my, my bachelor's degree in, in teaching with a minor in children's studies. And then, of course, I waited until the very last minute to get my master's degree. Because in New York, you need you can teach for uh, up to five years with just your, your bachelor's in education. But then you have to have a master's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for the Department of Education anyway. So I ended up going back for my master's the, uh, in two years. No, let me, re- let me fix that so it's clear. I waited until I was teaching for three years, and then I had to finish my bachelor's, my master's, in two years. Okay. So I was teaching full-time and going to school full-time. Um, what ultimately solidified my desire to be a school counselor was uh, one of my nieces, uh, Sindel. She was a brilliant student, but had a difficult time testing. And in New York, you're required to take a series of tests in order to graduate high school. Mm -hmm. And there are some students that struggle with some of the testing. And it turns out that she had finished all of her requirements and was still waiting on one test. And it had been quite some time um, since she had finished her requirements and was still struggling with that one test. And I remember going to the school with my sister-in-law, her mom, and her to find out what, what can we do, how can we help. And I know um, Rosie had tutored her also. And even though I'm an educator, I am not the family tutor. That's not. That's not my gifting. <laughs> not the math. I, I will do the math that the t- that I could do for my babies. <laughs> but like that extra stuff, I don't. That's not. Yeah, Kalia, Adina, they never came to me for that sort of help. They went to, to Auntie Rosie and Auntie Allison. That's, yeah, I'll write. I'll write things for you, but that other stuff, I, that's not me. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, we went to the school, and her. remember her guidance counselor at the time said that he wished that he could do more. And he mm. was so frustrated because there was so much on his plate. And he wanted to be able to give her more support than he was really physically able to do. Mm. And just in talking with him, it made me make the decision that that's what I wanted to do.
1: Mm. So
0: it's, you know, remember, there was a choice between psychology and counseling, and I chose that as a result. You know, long story short, we were able to uh, get her testing, collaborate with the school, and she graduated. I got that. Um, I got her... The, the information in hand in writing before I took it to her house to let her know she graduated because mm. it had been so painful for her. Right? right. So that drive to help and support children was really, um, was really solidified and it was awakened even more so through that experience.
1: Wow. So, and so now you're a counselor for the same grade or is it middle school? So I am in a three K through eight school. Uh yes. Three okay. mm-hmm. 3K through 8. So
0: we have from 3-year-old okay. students okay. to 8th grade students. Uh as a school counselor, last year was my first um was my first year as a building counselor. I've been working as a school counselor for 4 years, but it was through a different program. So last year was my first uh, t- was my first foray into being the building counselor, which requires a lot more than people realize. Mm-hmm. And um I was required to support the elementary school and the junior high school this year we were able to get support from a program that had already been there the program that i started with and Mm -hmm. we had uh junior high school counselors in that program so now they are doing the mandated counseling for for those for the junior high school children so i'm primarily focused on elementary school
1: but i provide support wherever i'm needed so you you counseled the whole building Yes. My goodness. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. So everyone, for me, um, why I wanted to have Ma, I'm going to just call her Ma. So yeah. Yeah, listen, y'all know what her name is. Yeah, all yes. see it. Rhonda, that's a name. But I, that's right. Uh, but I call her mom. You know, that's my term of endearment. But I wanted to talk to her as a counselor because I remember when I was growing up, I looked forward to seeing my counselor. I was a child during my elementary school years. I was rough. I was in anger management, you know, and there were two places that I wanted to go when I had an episode or when Mm -hmm. I was having a bad day. And that was either A to my counselor or B to my music teacher. And those were my outlets. But I looked forward every Wednesday At Swansville Elementary School in Columbia, Maryland (laughs) (laughs) to go to see my counselor because I needed that time. I needed to sit and talk with her. And so upon doing this podcast, we really don't think and we really don't ask, what does the counselor go through? All we (laughs) see is just the counselor. The counselor is there. and. I think the counselor is wonderful. When you get to high school, you have your advisors for some of us, and they are in a shape and form of a counselor. You know, they, they hold your hand. They walk you through the process. They make sure you graduate. They tell you like it is. They give it to you real. So with you, Ma, in this new counselor role, I'm an educator as as well, right? but I'm not a counselor, but I work in that area, but I can't imagine what you go through, but being a counselor in the school system, what are the challenges? And I know you can't speak specifically, so you got to give us overview, (laughs) but what are the challenges that you have experienced that has caused you grief in, in areas? And what we define grief on this podcast is the absence of joy. Mm -hmm. You know, things where sometimes where we take them home, you know, being educators, sometimes we we come home with dealing Mm -hmm. with whatever the stresses of the day are. But from Mm -hmm. the lens of the counselor, what, like, tell us a little bit about your day-to-day and and what you kind of have to deal with that, that causes that, you know, absence of joy where your heart feels, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of things. Grief, uh, like you said, it, there is an absence of joy. And it's really, it comes from a loss of um, of something dear to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That That's one aspect of it. And there, of course, there are a lot of different um, components to grief. What causes me to take things home sometimes is when, I guess when I feel a little helpless mm. in knowing that I may be able to provide support and direction in one particular area, but there's so much more that needs to happen in order to help make this child or this adult feel whole. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I carry with me. I remember when I first told Kalia, that's my that's my eldest daughter, of course, his, his best friend, that I was going to be a counselor. And she said, Ma, how are you going to do that? And I said, what do you mean? so I couldn't do that she goes but you cry all the time
1: <laughs> this is true <laughs> yes so
0: I was like I can do it I can you know I can navigate it and so there is a there is a time where I cry and just because you know the, the level of empathy that I'm able to feel sometimes I mean sometimes I wait till I like get home and I kind of breathe it out, but there was one time, actually maybe about a month ago, where I had to go to my office, and um, one of my, my friends at work, who's actually the pupil secretary, she followed me, because she saw it, I think she saw it coming, I didn't realize they saw it, I just said, you know, I'll be right back, you know, trying to be like, you know, like, I'm good, right, mm-hmm. so I'll be right back, and I couldn't pull it together, I had to get, you know, I thought it would just be a little, you know, a little breathing, and, you know, get myself back to baseline, and i wept i wept because there was also a connection to something that i felt that i was missing as well mm-hmm. um not to be too detailed but there was a situation with a father uh working really hard to support his children mm-hmm. and uh, it he was doing what he should be doing mm-hmm. and he was fighting for his children and mm-hmm. there was just something that was, that was occurring, not to be too, I can't give too much detail, but there right. was something that was happening that I thought was so awful in terms of, in terms of just what was happening to him mm-hmm. as a person and as a father, because I know a lot of times we, we, people say, you know, my father wasn't there and that sort of thing. And my, my father was there and wasn't all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, the thing I believe that got me was watching his pain, for one, but then also the knowledge or the belief that I had that my father would not have fought for me that way. Mm. Right? So I felt, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was really tough because I felt a lot of pain for him at the loss that he was experiencing mm. and watching him grieve, but then also knowing that I was grieving for a relationship that I didn't have that level of.
1: Wow, and this, you know, thinking, just, just hearing you say that sheds a light just on the educational field, mm-hmm. how when we are doing the best that we can, when yeah. we're going to the ends of the earth, when we're yeah. giving our all mm-hmm. to children, yeah, that. It doesn't register with us that I'm actually giving this to this child because I didn't have it, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like, yeah. and I, you know, but you, not only are you giving to children, but you're giving to adults. Yes. You're supporting adults and as well as children. Yes. That's difficult. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes adults can be just as bad as children, <laughs> and you know, sometimes you you would just I would take the child versus yes, yes. take the adult, you know. Yeah,
0: because uh, you know there is something. Remember I told you um, I started uh, working with with families, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to help them have healthy conversations with each other in order to to arrive at a common goal, right? right. So that they can understand. Um what the other person's going through, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you're angry, you're just seeing the person with whom you're angry as a target and you're not looking at where their anger or where their pain may be coming from, right? So
1: The root of the problem.
0: Exactly. So in my perspective, we're all operating on a level of brokenness and everybody's brokenness is a little different, right? So sometimes when you see a teacher or staff respond to a child in a particular way, in my head, because I'm walking into the situation, I might be like, girl, you didn't really have to do that. You know, however, there is a reason on both sides, a reason why the child may be behaving a certain way, and there's a reason why an adult may respond a certain way. And yes, we're we're trained in how to navigate situations. We're trained in, in how to work with people. We're trained in trying to keep focus on what the situation is and making sure that everyone is safe. But there is also the human side of us that has the history that we may not have even dealt with. Mm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if I'm still answering the question correctly, but no, yeah. like, even when, when I was literally weeping in my office, I, I was aware. I was aware that I was crying for watching this man cry for his children, but also dealing with my own pain mm. my own brokenness in that, um, form of a, a a paternal relationship that wasn't as the way
1: I would have liked it to be
0: mm. while mm. I was growing up. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, when you're dealing with situations, how often do you see yourself in the situations? You know, like, and uh, you know, that's a good question. You know, like, how often do you see yourself, uh, for instance, like for me, uh, mm. because I deal, we have. I deal with special needs children, mm-hmm. you know, and you de- I deal with children with anger issues and, mm-hmm. you know, they like to spaz out and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And because I was labeled as a child, I'm mm-hmm. not so quick to label a child unless mm. we know that they're on the spectrum. And when we know a child is on the spectrum, there is a label because you have to develop an IEP, a POA, right. you know, something like that for the child. But when you see a child that just spazzes out because they're angry, you realize that it's something deeper than just Mm -hmm. what meets the eye and that there could be things going on at home. The child may not feel like they are are heard or understood. And so I often see myself in those children that get angry and just go off because no one understands them. You know, and yeah. and it's interesting when you actually sit and you talk with a child and you ask the questions, you know, well, how do you feel when this happens? Well, did you feel it was right? And, and they give you honest answers. And mm-hmm. so I see myself. That was me. That was me as that child. And it, it helps me become a better person because now it's like not only am I applying this tactic of how I'm dealing with this child. Uh, but I'm applying that not just to them, but I'm applying it to adults. I'm applying it to my personal situations. I'm applying it to my relationships and how I deal and how I talk with people because it makes you more aware of what people are going through because we never know what people are going through. I I agree with you a hundred percent.
0: I am just speaking. I'm trying to process um, how I navigate through situations and I think a lot of times those outbursts in adults and children <laughs> mm-hmm. come from un- unmet needs, right? Mm. Whatever the situation is, the feeling that you're not being heard mm-hmm. or that, like you said, there may be something going on at home that the child has no control over. And sometimes there's not the languaging in place to be able to to properly articulate what you're really going through, what you need, what you'd like done. And a lot. so a lot of times when things like that happen, I ask them, you know, my coworkers and friends, like, baby, what do you need? How can I help you? What do you need? Because we don't always know what it is. We may see similar behaviors, mm-hmm. but we don't know what's at the root of it. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it, as I've, as I've seen, you know, this week, it might be, okay, if I act all the way out, they are going to call my parent mom. She's going to come get me because that's what I, that's what I, I want to be here. I want to go home. Mm-hmm. And so let me do this. Because after a while of me doing this, they're going to be like, okay, we're calling it. Go, Ma, come get him. So, right? So that's one mm-hmm. need. It may seem, mm-hmm. it may seem, you know, simple, but there's something else going on with that. What is the need to be home? What is it right. What is it that's missing? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a baby that we, we have. He's not really in our school anymore, but he had experienced so much loss. And already dealing with his... Um, diagnoses, so to speak, in addition to losses that he's experienced, and almost, almost every week this year, up until he was no longer in our school, almost every week there was a violent outburst, mm. and I found myself just grateful that he wasn't that big, mm. right? Because mm. it was it was dangerous, you know. Um, but there was a there was a need there. He wasn't properly able to articulate what it was, you know. We know we were able to understand some of the root of the pain that was causing the outburst, but not to, not to the depth that he needed us to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So do I see myself in some of the children? Sometimes. Yes. Um, I know that we weren't able (laughs) to act out because my mother would have handled it very differently from how Man, um, <laughs> I don't play. Yeah. From how we're, <laughs> we're allowed to handle it in school and how parents, I think now are allowed to, to navigate through certain situations where your children won't come on the subject. Mm-hmm. However, um uh I think that the pain I can identify with mm-hmm. the pain I could often identify with, we were, um we were teased and bullied when we first came to this country, you know, we're, we're, we were foreign <laughs> we mm-hmm. had accents we were dark skinned mm-hmm. so all of those things i have a lot of um a lot of pain where those things are concerned but the but i'm grateful because that pain and that that torment that we went through i believe is responsible for making me as empathetic. me and my siblings making us as empathetic as we are
1: very empathetic mm-hmm. if i've ever met a, a group <laughs> a family that's so empathetic yeah very empathetic <laughs> yeah yeah
0: because we, 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 we know pain
1: mm-hmm.
0: we know pain unfortunately we know the pain of loss mm-hmm. um, we know the pain of, of feeling othered mm-hmm. um, not being accepted being judged we know that pain mm-hmm. so there are times when I think the pain not at times I think for, for the most part that pain has worked in our favor mm-hmm. because we had each other I don't know that the outcome would have been the same if we had to endure independently, mm. right? It drew mm. it draws closer together, and it's made us be able. It's made us be able to understand, and sometimes not, you know, because grown folks sometimes could flip out with you, right? Right. right. When the, yeah, because you know it's it's also a control thing. Why can't I control your behavior? Why? Were you, why couldn't you listen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm your teacher. I'm here with you. Why, why can't you just do what I asked you to do? Why do I have to call someone? You know, we're supposed to have that relationship, you know? And then it's also with, with me too, as, as a counselor, like I, I want us to have that relationship. I know you may have an outburst, but there are times that I feel, um, and it, you know, and I think it's a human response, are times that I feel, I don't want to say inadequate, but it's like I I want to help you. Mm. I want you to trust me. I want you, you know, you can come scream in my office. You can you can you can put your head on me and and you know and get that anger out. You got, trust me, you know. So there are times when when that can be something that's hard for 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 me. You know, if I know that a child is in pain, I know a child is frustrated, and I can't I can't soothe them. Mm. does that make sense
1: yeah yeah no it does and and this is kind of like a segue to something that I don't think educators leaders in the school system talk about enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the the bullying the the teasing Mm -hmm. that leads children to want to take their own lives yeah how from your perspective how are you navigating because you know being on the front line of that you're dealing with the emotions you have insight into the family life into their educational life Mm-hmm. you're dealing, you have your, it's like an octopus. I kind of yeah. see Yeah, uh, Yeah, I can see know, that. You yeah. know, I, I see a counselor as like an octopus and no shade to the therapist because they are starting to put therapists in schools, mm-hmm. you know, but it's almost like I see the counselor as like a social worker, you know. Right, and, and some of know, us and, are. Mm-hmm. and some, Yeah, and some are and then they have now social workers in the school as yes. well. Mm-hmm. They have like all three, which I'm like, yeah. Dag, where was those when I was growing up? You know? Mm-hmm. But the counselor, like for instance, you supporting the whole building, mm-hmm. which is bananas. But how are you able to <laughs> function? And I and I'm a I'm a teeter totter here in mm-hmm. with your spiritual walk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we deal with heavy stuff all day, yeah, it does something to us, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, we start to experience some of these symptoms that people are going through. But dealing with dealing with the bullying, mm-hmm. dealing with hearing children say they want to take their lives or they hate their life. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate through those those very sensitive moments? And how do you, it's two part. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And and from the spiritual aspect, because I know we pray, we're praying for children when we leave, you know, Yes. but how do you just not just break, you know, break out in prayer right there, you know, and, 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 and really, and really go to the throne on behalf, you know, of the child and the families and the adults. Well, you... For me,
0: I do pray for them. Um, There are times when, um, and it's not a big, you know, Heavenly Father, Lord, come into, you know, I can't can't be busting out, I can't do all of that. Yeah, it's a a school building, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I lay my hands on them. Like I may, when a child is like very, very um, irate or sometimes I may put my hand, like just, like over their heart, Mm -hmm. right? And at that time, I'm doing, it's like, I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, please help me help this baby, help him through, help her through, right? Tell us what to do. Show me, because I can't, I don't think I can navigate well when I don't. Mm -hmm. And there are times that things are happening so fast that I I feel like I may not be, be tapping in enough, right? Mm -hmm. And that's real. Mm -hmm. That's something that sometimes when there is a lot happening, I, I don't always take the minute to pray because it feels like things are happening so fast. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of have to back up. You know, after it's all done,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and pray through the situation. Mm-hmm. But so so yeah. So it's not something for me. It's not something that I can do effectively without loving the families and praying for them. Right.
1: Um,
0: the human side of me sometimes gets angry um, with what some children have to experience. But I also have to understand that same thing I said about brokenness these are many, many dysfunctions in our homes. They're coming from the mother or the father being in so much pain themselves or having gone through so many things that were never really repaired. So they don't really realize that they're operating out of that level of dysfunction or that level of brokenness, mm-hmm. right? And there's only there's only but so much that we're allowed to do and say um, in terms of, of speaking with parents. I do my best to try to to guide them if I'm having a conversation with a parent and I get that little segue where I hear that maybe they go to church or I hear that they have a family member that prays for them. I kind of interject, you know, a little bit as much, you know, as much as I can without crossing the line. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Directing them, you know, to praying and continue to leaning on the Lord. You know, I, I, I do, if I, if the door, if you open the door, I'm gonna come in. Right. <laughs> right. Right. If you open the door, I'll come in as as much as you'll let me. And I kind of mm. it's it's a tightrope walk sometimes because you have to kind of gauge it, you mm. know, and there is a balance because you're oftentimes dealing with families that are in pain. And so you can't come off like, you know, you are high handed and you know when your life is perfect. You know, if sometimes if a mom is going through something, it might be a divorce or whatever. I'm not ashamed to share with my families. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm divorced as well. Yeah. That, that mm-hmm. happened to me as well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I get it. You know, you will get through this piece. This is the tough part. You understand? I'm not ashamed to share what I may be going through or what my children may have experienced. I'm not really ashamed to share that
1: mm-hmm. because be I don't overcome by the power of our testimony.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't want,
1: um, it's like you want to be relatable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I and don't want to see that opening. It's like, I oh. jump
0: all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Well, yeah. I jumped to me. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I, Be- mm-hmm. Because a lot of times too, people think that I'm
1: proper. Right. Right. And so, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny proper too. It's a,
0: I, exactly. It's a ghetto exactly.
1: Proper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So I don't, you know, I don't want people to think that I won't understand or that right. I'll judge them. Right, You know, there's certain things. No, that's not been my experience. I I didn't have to experience, you know, parents uh, doing certain things outside. You know, I didn't have to deal with that. Right. So I'm not going to pretend I did. I wasn't on the corn. I wasn't doing any of that. Mm -hmm. However, the human side of me understands some of that stuff that people have been through because I've either, you know, I haven't experienced it, but I may have seen it Mm -hmm. and seen the destruction of it. Mm hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, with some parents, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say, no, you know, don't have your baby outside of it. What do you, how come he's not with you? No, don't do that. Mm -hmm." You know, I'm not ashamed Mm -hmm. to say that because we know where, I work in the South Bronx, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that our babies have to deal with. And so sometimes I need to be an ally to the parent so that they know that, no, there's nothing wrong with not letting your kid be outside without you. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Nope. Mm -hmm. No, What's the curfew? My, that's a little late. Mm -mm. You understand? But I can't just come out and say that without first building some sort of rapport and them see the human side of it. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And it takes that type of relationship. Yeah. There's another question that I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of with, this is actually new recently with Florida passing this bill, this don't say gay bill. Yeah. Again, as educators... And as people on the front line, you're dealing with the children firsthand. You're dealing with the staff firsthand. Mm -hmm. So it boggles my mind that lawmakers can make (laughs) laws that they don't really know nothing about. And you can say, this is what we're going to do based off of how parents feel. But people are negating and neglecting what children are going through. What children are going through today is very different from what I went through in the 90s mm-hmm. coming up as a child what you went through you mm-hmm. know it's it's very different so what we're faced now and this is a big topic because it it leans on people's uh ideologies yes. their faith yes. uh what they believe what they what they see to be right what they or what they say this is right and this is wrong right you know But we're dealing now with children who are going through heavy identity crises. Yes. uh, Crises. Mm -hmm. Who, who, you know, we have the non-binary terms. We Mm -hmm. have uh, they, them, theirs. uh, You know, people are are wanting to be referred to as he or she. You know, those different things. So in this new age of dealing with the uh the identity and I call it an identity crisis because people just don't know what's going on right and people have their own belief systems on what they feel children should be learning at Mm -hmm. a certain age but children are so exposed to everything yes through social media so we can't sit and expect for children to kind of say well this is what I think I I am or this is, you know, when they've seen it, when they've been exposed to it or if they've been molested or if they've been raped. Yes. You know, that children have gone through so much, but you have children that are very, very smart, you know, that are very intellectual, that can say that can communicate more effectively than adults that can say, this is what I think that I am. This is what that I believe. You know, how are you navigating that as a counselor? dealing with children who are referring to themselves differently from what you see.
0: Okay. So this is actually a, a very good question. So <laughs> uh, there are a couple of things and I'm going to have to talk about my own growth where that's mm-hmm. concerned. Um, mm-hmm. My answer that I will give you now is very different from the answer I would have given you 10 years ago, maybe. Right yeah um growing up growing up in the church and being and being taught that it's sinful right mm-hmm. and having to come to terms myself after seeing um having, after having my own child deal with it mm-hmm. and the pain that I know she experienced because I didn't understand mm-hmm. you understand Mm-hmm. um Being aware because of my education and because of my interaction with children, being aware that there have been so many suicides because families and organizations didn't accept um, homosexuality, didn't accept people for where Mm -hmm. they were, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Knowing the pain and brokenness caused by churches. Yes, teaching the gospel, um, but also making people feel that who they are is bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. There is nothing in me at this point that believes that we have the right to decide who people are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you understand what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. don't have the right to do that. Mm hmm. There have been so many children that are murdered, <laughs> um, homeless, um, that die by suicide because, because of people not understanding or not supporting who someone is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even, I'm going to even put in abortion rights. I know as a Christian, I'm not supposed to support abortion right Mhm I mean TMI I've never had one Mhm But if I needed one I don't want somebody telling me that I can't That's right It's not you your place It's
1: not fair to tell no one what they Exactly
0: can do it's your not body. your place and especially we live in a country where we will fight for um for people to not have abortions but when the child is here you want no part of them Mm Right, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: we don't have we don't have the right, right. I believe that a school should be a safe place for children, no matter what they're experiencing. right? So mm-hmm. a teacher oftentimes i when I was teaching, I used to tell the parents that we have joint custody from from September to June, right. It's our mm-hmm. child. We're sharing responsibility. I have my part, you have your part, and there are parts that we have to ma- manage together, right? Mm-hmm. If a child is able to feel confident enough in a teacher, in a teacher's love and care for them, to come and express to that teacher what they're experiencing, the teacher has to have the right to ch- to interact with that baby. That's not fair to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's not fair to anyone. I think that law is, is out of place, and I think it's dangerous. I don't know as much about it as I should because I got an attitude when I heard it, Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I didn't explore it as much as um, I needed to. But there are children... I don't know if you remember. I remember liking um, liking a little boy when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't tell me that I didn't like the boy. Do you mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. And I think if most of us are, are real with ourselves, <clears throat> when we say the kids don't know, I used to think the kids don't know. Right? I used to no. think, I used to think, oh, they don't, no, they don't really know. We shouldn't be telling them that, you know, that, that all, oh, you know, there are these different, you know, this non-binary, this, this, is that we shouldn't be telling them that. That's not true. Um, when I say that's not true, I don't, I think we expose them as much as they are prepared for it. I don't think we should go in a kindergarten class and, and teach full sex education. All that. No, that's not what I'm saying and I don't think it has a place there. Right. But if a child asks a question, it shouldn't be illegal for a teacher or an educator
1: to answer, to speak to that child in <laughs> some, in some type of way right because when they're children, it's like your kids you know right and and there is and I think people are mixing up the respect level right with with their own beliefs right and and now it's becoming foocta because it's just like, wait a minute, this is not you're not looking out for the well-being of the child now you're looking out. For what you think is right, right, and what do you think you know, or what do you think should happen, right? And again, like you said, teachers, educators, counselors, mm-hmm. you're with the child more yeah. than the child is with their parents during the school week. Yes, so we are right. Uh-huh. You're more privy to what is happening with them. You see right. them all the time, and when something is off, you know when something is off.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. and it's just interesting enough that of course with the political climate that we're dealing with in America uh now all of these different things from abortion to I mean race you know mm-hmm. dealing with children mixed children uh mm-hmm. who deal with different things than children who are just full African American you know right. now I'm a part of different communities Mm -hmm. and i deal with a family that you know doesn't like me or have an issue with me well you know those things Mm -hmm. people are not thinking about you know we're thinking about children we're thinking about future leaders and you cannot impose i don't feel that it's fair for anyone to impose my belief system on on you you know i i i can tell you about what i believe in You Mm -hmm. know, if you're interested, I can show you and give you, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever you would like to know. But it's not fair for me to make you believe what I believe. Right. You know, and growing up in in our community, in the black community, we grow up in these communities where everything is imposed on us for us to believe. But then we find out that it's all dysfunctional. So, (laughs) yeah, it's 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 bad for a person to like the same sex but it's okay for you to be married and have a mistress okay talk about it you know you know it's okay it's okay for you to lie it's okay for you to sleep Mm -hmm. with multiple women or sleep with multiple men in the church right you know it's okay for you to gossip and spread all the business yes but a person who's just saying this is how i feel Mm -hmm. and who may or may not be acting on it Mm-hmm. you know you know because that's another issue that people yes. don't really talk about or yeah. that this is just how i feel i don't feel comfortable in my skin and then mm-hmm. now it's it's all of these different things and so what we're do what we're doing is we're not helping the situation and it's bringing more divisiveness to the community than yeah. you know than it should
0: i i agree i agree and i um and I, like i said i have i've grown um I remember um, when I first started uh, dating Rich. I think I told you about this before. Um, We had a series of conversations, and what I didn't realize, um, he said, when dealing with, you know, I don't want to, you know, put out more than she wants me to put out. You understand what I'm saying? Right. But in dealing with, with, my baby and me having a tough time coming to terms with it, and one of the things he said to me, he said, and again, this is not her biological father; this is my my partner, you know he said she 's ours, and we have to love her, and that did something to me because if someone is telling me that I have to love my child, then what i 'm doing must be coming across as unloving mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? How I'm handling mm-hmm. the situation. Even though at the at that point I thought that I was um I thought that I was doing what was what was right and what God would have me to do in raising my my child. If it was coming across as unloving, then I wasn't doing it properly. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that has taught me a lot and seeing what people go through, mm-hmm. it has taught me a lot. And realizing that we don't know we don't have the right to tell somebody how they feel Mm -hmm. we don't have a right Mm -hmm. to tell someone that what they're feeling and what they're experiencing is wrong because it's not how we do it Mm -hmm. do you understand what i'm saying i don't have to understand i don't have to understand it to support you it doesn't have to be my walk to support your walk right and and
1: i and i will even say i mean although i'm not a parent but i do have Children, tons of kids, you yes. know, that you're around all the time. I feel like I am a parent, mm-hmm. uh, but I also say to people because I'm a huge pr- perspective taker. Okay, uh, and that's one thing that I've learned. Wor- when you're in the business of service, you have to take perspectives because you have to be able to see it from my side, right? See it from someone else's side, and I will say to people, you know, parenting is hard. It's not easy. Parenting is hard and I think that you know uh, one of the earlier episodes that I had we talked about cancel culture and (laughs) I think sometimes with the the new wave that things are progressing that we are canceling in some form or part our own parents and we're not (laughs) giving them the Opportunity the, to grow. The opportunity to grow, but to yes. also realize they are going to make mistakes because I'm also their first child. You oh, know, yes. When when I look at my, my dad, you know, and I look at the mistakes that he made, uh, that he had admitted when we had a conversation that he made and that he had apologized for. I realized later huge. on- that is huge but also that you can't give me what you don't have. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's hard you know to you it's hard for a parent to give something they don't have. It, it, when you look at households and we talk about love in the household, yeah. if the pair didn't grow up with love it's going to be hard for them yeah. To show love in so many avenues. They probably know a form and say, I can do that. But when right. it's something that they don't understand, they may not know how to love in that aspect. And that comes from, as you said, the dysfunction mm-hmm. operating in the level of brokenness. Yep. You know, so now moving forward in, in this position, two things. Mm hmm. When you, when you have dealt with grief mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. own personal life, mm-hmm. how have you managed to serve in the capacity of of your job function and not allow the home life, the personal issues to not affect you? You know, it would be easy for
0: me to say that I've always been successful at that i've been I have unfortunately been able to and I say unfortunately, because there are times that I think that it may not have been the healthiest thing for me, mm-hmm. but there have been times that I've been able to compartmentalize mm-hmm. um, what's happening in my personal life and dealing with with my responsibilities at work mm-hmm. um. I have, (laughs) I have literally gone through, you know, entire separation and divorce and didn't skip a beat at work. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, In dealing with um, my sweetie being ill right now, I have been able to compartmentalize most of the time, but there are times when, when it's been difficult for me to concentrate you know, um, that I have to, before it came more easily that I could walk into the building and kind of whatever's happening outside, just kind of pretend it's not happening. Um, it's, it was, it's been a little harder recently, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'm giving myself the minute I'm working (laughs) to give myself a minute or two that I might need in order to get myself centered and pour out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think um, I think me acknowledging that I wasn't in a good place or that I needed a minute has been helpful to me to keep myself um, to get myself truly balanced. I think mm-hmm. before just pretending that I was fine and just didn't literally help. blocking it. No, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> I, I was able to get- do my job. But right. In terms of my my personage, I mm, may not have been the best thing for me. Mm
1: hmm. Are you able to apply um, the advice and the guidance that you give to your your students and your fellow staff members to yourself? Most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. There's sometimes because medicine is easier to give than take,
0: right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so and that's that's real. We know what's we know what needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And there are times you know, one of my co-workers showed me that showed me something yesterday It was kind of funny because um, I'm, a, I'm a, a cancer, right? I'm not you know I know the sign thing that you know there's good and bad about it, right but <clears throat> I know that I'm an emotional person, right? My kids know that I am. And <laughs> there are times that I'm I'm good, you know. But if I don't check in with myself, I don't see the outbursts coming. Mm. You understand? If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm checking in, you know. Rich said it to Khalia the other day. He said, "You know how your mother looks when she's about to go," and she's like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know it
1: to be true. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: You know, and Adina will sometimes, um, you know, kind of, mommy, mommy no mommy let's not I don't want to talk to mom you know like sometimes like she knows that the conversation may seem like we're doing okay but it's like uh uh-uh. uh if we keep talking she's gonna go mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. um so yeah at times most of the time I am able to operate under the same the same advice and support that I give but there are times that if I am not if I'm not in tune with myself
1: mhm mm-hmm. I could lose it and don't even know it's coming. So, yeah. Wow. That's so, it's so interesting how, and, and I think that sometimes it, it makes us, it makes us such great, uh, servants because Mm -hmm. that's essentially what we're doing. You're serving, you're a servant, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're, so able to give and and give all of this but then when you look at yourself sometimes it's like oh I've neglected myself oh yeah I've neglected my feelings and mm-hmm. then I, I I can't take the uh the advice that I gave to so-and-so like now right this minute right it, <laughs> but it's just so interesting how it's like you said it's easy to give it but it's hard you know to take mm-hmm. it yeah
0: like, I, you know, the good thing is that the, the older I am now, right? Or should I say the older I am now? As I get older, I'm I'm more aware of my triggers.
1: Yeah, ooh. That's good. Right? <laughs> that's really... No, that's really good. Yeah. That's good. It, it pays to be aware.
0: Yeah, I'm more aware of my triggers. And, the, you know, and they're pretty simple. I don't like... um, I don't like people being mean mm-hmm. and disrespectful. Like, kind of, I don't like it. I don't like... Like, sometimes if I know you're lying, and then it's... Prepared, like... I don't really have patience, right? I have a, I have a tough time, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. even with my kids, you know, I let them know. Look, me, my school kids. I let them know. I, you know, I'm the counselor. I'm not, you know, I'm not the one that doles out punishment, right? You can, you don't have to give me the BS because I see it, okay. <laughs> you know. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, the textbook. Okay, so tell me about that when I know you lying, right? <laughs> and there are other times when I'm like, okay, all right, so you told that story, right? Mm-hmm. You know that's not you know that I know it's not true right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: there'll be the pause <laughs> and then
1: shoot out like, of <laughs> uh-huh. It's like
0: look, we're not in trouble you're not in trouble with me. I'm just trying to help you make a make a different decision for next time. So let's come with the let's come with the truth so we can navigate it mm-hmm. right Sometimes nice. they go with it other times it's like the so keeps there and I kind of I kind of glaze over a little bit mm-hmm. but you know I can only I can only support you from where you from where you let me mm. you know. Mmm, that's so.
1: good. I can <laughs> support you from where you let me. Wow, that's, that's a good nugget. Y'all better write that down because I am right now. <laughs> so, Mom, I appreciate everything that you said because you, you have given us such a different lens on how to look at things. And I think that it's really, really just important that in our community or as I like to call it, the cookout, that we really, really are able to check in with all aspects of our community. And sometimes I feel that we forget the educators. I Mm. feel that we forget the counselors. And I feel that we forget those who work in the trenches, who I will say do not get paid enough. You know, Do not get paid enough. They do not pay Mm -hmm. educators that craft, Mm-hmm. Leaders. Yes. You know, they don't pay them enough. You know, yeah. that they educators that craft performing artists, mm-hmm. you know, who who run the world, you know, in some mm-hmm. aspect that has such a great influence. Influencers. Educators right. who who uh create influencers, you know, through their teaching style, right. through their love, through their care. They don't pay them enough. I but agree. speaking to this is specifically mm-hmm. for the educators, for the teacher, the the lunch lady, you mm-hmm. know, because that's a teacher, too. That's you right. Know? <laughs> that's <laughs> right. We're all responsible. Right. To the superintendents, to everyone in the educational field. What can you offer them moving forward in this current climate? What what advice would you give them? Oh the advice
0: I would give is what I think I do. You, you gotta lead with love. Mm. Lead with love. I believe that the what we have to navigate sometimes is so difficult and so painful that if you're not operating from a place of love, you're not gonna be able to be effective because it won't be I think you won't understand the worth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to you have to be able to love every child. That you're working with every adult in the building, right? And it's not always easy to do, but I think understanding that we're all different and you have to really, you really do have to meet people where they are, you really do, and love on them from where they are. Because I don't think a lot of people are able to do that effectively. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are some people that may not be able to do that effectively, but I think I know it sounds like, um, you know, all roses and 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 tulips and whatnot, but love. Is key. I really think that that that's what it is. -hmm. You got to
1: operate out of love. Family, it's very true when said that medicine is easy to give than take. And sometimes we have to remember that we can only support ones from where they let us. But never forget to lead with love. And love people from where they are. You might join in grieving, but you're going to come out healed. I love you and thank you.